Hey everyone, it's me, Ryan Turford. I'm in my house, and y'all listen to the most house-powerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with nobody, because this is the extra mile where we do a deep dive into the games you care about. And this week, it's all about MMOs, because I love MMOs. MMOs are awesome. We don't really get a new MMO on console too often. So, of course, now that we have a new one coming, this is a great time to talk about it. So buckle on in to the Xbox Drive. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone, to The Extra Mile. I am your host this week, Ryan Turford, all alone in the Xbox Drive studio. As always, you can reach out to us at any time on Twitter at The Xbox Drive or reach out to me anytime on Twitter at Ryan Turford. And this is going to be a big old show. Let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, because we've got not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six MMOs to talk about on this show which sounds like a lot, but honestly, some I have less to say about than others because, you know, I just can't play everything. But uh, of course, I wanted to get, have this guide kind of sync up with the the Fantasy Star Online 2 uh, closed beta that we had uh, last weekend um, that I played just played a ton of. I talked about it on the show this week, and I just could not get enough of Fantasy Star Online 2. So rather than doing an individual extra mile just about Fantasy Star Online 2, don't worry, you'll probably get one of those when the game actually comes out. Um, but this week, I kind of wanted to do kind of a primer into all the MMOs that you can look out for on Epic. Xbox, because there's actually more than you probably think there are, because um, like I said, there's about six major ones and then um, some other ancillary ones that, again, I'm not going to talk about on this particular episode because we only have so much time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is going to be a long enough show as it is. Uh, so let's get started with the game that we I played all last weekend, which was Fantasy Star Online 2. So um, this game is coming to Xbox One sometime this year. Basically, Sega is on record stating that their target is April, but it's really just slated for quarter two 2020. So we don't really have an exact release date. Um, the game originally came out in Japan only, though, on July 4th, 2012 on PC. It also came to PS Vita, PS4 and Switch but only in Japan. This is the first time this game is actually launched in North America, which is just crazy to think about. And not only that, not only is it crazy that this game has been out since 2012 and has not come to North America, but that when it comes, it's coming to North America exclusively to Xbox One and PC. That's crazy. Like, I don't know of another game that's really done that where they, when they decided to switch regions, they completely ported the game to other consoles. I mean, it was on PC in Japan, but uh, it's weird that it's only coming to Xbox, but it's still totally awesome uh, to, to actually get a game of this caliber on Xbox, especially because Fantasy Star Online 2 is a big deal to a, a fairly niche crowd. I, I'm not going to say that it's the biggest thing in the world for sure. And it, and it is a bit of an acquired taste, uh, but the Fantasy Star series is something that we haven't really received a new entry in in a very long time. Uh, like, first of all, it's been uh, pretty much since the Genesis that we received a, a normal version of Fantasy Star, like a traditional RPG. And then Fantasy Star Online originally came out on Dreamcast, GameCube and original Xbox back in like 2002 or I think or 2003. Don't quote me on that. And uh, it's been forever since then. We haven't really seen Fantasy Star on Xbox since then. Uh, we did get a re-release of Fantasy Star 2 that was on Xbox Live Arcade. And then uh, it was the Fantasy Star games are all part of the, the Sega Genesis collection as well, except for Fantasy Star 1, which is just stranded on the Master System or Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection, if you have that kicking around somewhere. Um, but it's still really cool to see this franchise definitely come back. Um, the North American version of the game will also be cross-play between PC and Xbox, which is super sweet because that really just boosts that community, which again, we saw record numbers over the, the beta period. But when the game fully comes out, I would imagine that after the first couple of weeks, some people are probably going to drop off. Not because the game's bad. The game is actually surprisingly fun, but I, I think it's just it's not for everyone. And that's kind of what we're going to boil down. So uh, some information real quick about the game. It's going to be free to play. 
in North America, but over in Japan, the game has a ton of microtransactions and a subscription fee um, that gets you some bonuses. However, none of that is confirmed for the North American release. We don't know if any of that stuff's coming over. I would imagine it would, but I don't want to go out there and tell you, here's all the stuff you can expect from that when we don't even know what's happening with that. Um, but you will be able to play the game for free. So you, it's not part of Game Pass. You don't have to buy the game or anything like that. You can totally download it when the game comes out. And I'm going to give you a little bit of info about the game itself. So, of course, the Fantasy Star universe is kind of like this blend between traditional fantasy and science fiction. It takes place in the far future where basically humanity and uh, other races are basically traveling around on spaceships trying to uh, basically kill some creatures to like ha- colonize different planets. Um, that's kind of what Fantasy Star is all about. And most of the missions uh, in the game kind of revolve around your character going out and uh, basically killing monsters to make some of the areas habitable, which is pretty cool. Um, it's got really interesting cutscenes and a unique story, but I'm not a huge fan of the way it tells its story. So what ends up happening is uh, you'll go on a mission. It'll have a, a, a cutscene, just like you normally would in, in any other video game. Um, but then when you go back to the arc, which is like the, the main hub area, which is a ship in space, um, you will go talk to someone and then it plays a cutscene for you. But a lot of times those cutscenes are like way like it almost like skips over sections of the story or it just skips ahead to now the characters are here and they're in this situation, but you don't really know how they got there. So it it is a little bit jarring with the way it tells its story. So I wouldn't really come into Fantasy Star Online 2 if you're coming in just for the story. Although, again, the parts that are there, at least from what I played in the beta, because I haven't played the full version, uh, mainly because obviously I wouldn't understand the story anyways, because it's in Japanese if I played on the the Japanese servers. Um, It's... As a result, I don't know if you really want to come in just for the story. Unlike some other MMOs, which we'll talk about, if you really are in for story, this is probably not the MMO for you. But what is great about Fantasy Star Online 2 is the combat. Uh, I think the combat is super satisfying. Again, it's it's more of an action RPG and less of a traditional uh in like a slower paced mmo uh like very different from something like world of warcraft but much closer to some of the other mmos we're going to talk about on this list um so you have an action bar for each weapon that your character can equip and different classes because there's six classes in total can equip different weapons they can equip up to three at a time and then there are different weapon types that have different skills associated with them um and you basically get an action bar for each weapon type when you start out and then you can customize that however however you want to do that. For example, the character class I played in the beta is called the Ranger, which is basically like a character that like uh, mostly focuses on long range attacks with guns. Basically you're, you're a gun master essentially. Um, I always, in MMOs, I almost traditionally always play either a range DPS class, which is basically a class that um, specializes in long range combat or uh, a support class like a healer or something along those lines. Those are the two roles I'm most comfortable in. So the Ranger was seemed super appealing to me, um, especially because the support classes in this game didn't really, like you don't really have that traditional healer type in, in Fantasy Star Online. Like each class kind of is a mix of of, of uh, different things. So you're, you're kind of, so for example, the Ranger is more like a ranged DPS class, but it also has um, some melee elements as well, because you have a, a weapon called a gun blade, which basically is a, a big sword with a gun on it, as you would imagine. Um, so there's a lot of melee skills, for example, that go along with it. Same with um, the the hunter, which is basically the, the melee sword class, um, which has some tanking elements, but it also has some support elements. And it has a lot of melee DPS elements. There isn't really like th- the traditional uh, MMO rules for each of the classes in this particular game. And uh, even though you start out with access to six different classes, um, there are additional classes that unlock once you rece- once you get to a certain level with your character, almost like subclasses. Or likewise, you can have a main class and then one of the other classes assigned as a subclass, which gives basically... Like, for example, the with the ranger example, I could have my ranger and a hunter as my subclass, so I could have a bu- extra melee skills or survival skills if I wanted to go that down that road. And there's a bunch of different combinations you can do with the different classes. Um, what's also cool about this game as well is that you may you pick a class at the very beginning, 
but you're not locked into it at all. You can basically switch um, once you res- once you uh, get to a very early part in the story um, to a different class altogether. And then basically each one of them levels separately. So um, you basically have to go back to level one and start over with each individual class. It doesn't um, run straight through um, like a lot of other games do. Um, but it also means as well that you kind of, you grow more attached to your main character that way because you're, you're really filling any of the roles there. Or likewise, if you join up with a bunch of your friends and you only your main is a ranger, but like everyone else's main is a ranger as well. It gives you that flexibility to kind of uh, change up your play style so that your group is more balanced. Uh, I think that's the the main reason they do that. So it's super cool. Whereas something like World of Warcraft, you basically have to pick your class at the beginning. And if your class doesn't fit in with your your raid group, for example, like if you've got three druid healers, you obviously don't need three of them. So uh, it gives you a chance to switch classes or switch your abilities up without having to basically level a completely new character which is which is awesome to see so uh fantasy star online 2 has a lot of in-game events and uh that's kind of how you get a lot of uh your grinding done um a lot of your quests also revolve around basically visiting different planets and then just either killing a bunch of monsters and then finding a big boss at the end or uh, a bunch of different quote-unquote emergency objectives which are basically time-based that happen just certain uh, during certain parts of the day. Um, there's also a lot of really interesting parts to Fantasy Star Online. There's a casino you can go to where you can go play a whole bunch of mini games. Uh, there's also in-game concerts with a Vocaloid that they have that kind of goes on tour and has like shows that happen at specific times. It was super cool in, in the the closed beta because everyone kind of got an alert saying, hey, this concert's happening. You should go to it. So like I just a ton of people showed up and we were all like immediately uh, uh, emoting and dancing in like the concert area of course you can see all the other players there too um so people were just we had this giant crowd like almost like a mosh pit right in front of uh the vocalite as she was performing it was super cool and really unique like you don't really see that with a lot of other games in general a lot of multiplayer games even the closest i would think of is something like Fortnite, where uh you watch some stuff on on the uh the drive-in screen um, I, I think that's probably the closest comparison to that. And of course, if you're in the main hub area, of course, Sega has control over all the TV. So, I mean, of course, the Sonic trailer was just playing all weekend, which is just hilarious. So Fantasy Star Online 2, I'm super jazzed to definitely check it out. Um, whenever we have a release date again, I would assume it'll be April. And again, I, I'm kind of keeping this short because as I, I, I kind of alluded to at the beginning, we'll pro- I will probably revisit it once the game is fully out and we'll probably do like a, even a deeper dive than what I'm doing here uh, with the game uh, with another ex- episode of the Extra Mile when it comes out. So I'm, I'm super excited that we're finally getting a chance to play this game in North America. And again, I think this is a great win for Xbox as a whole um, because an exclusive like this doesn't come around that often, especially from a Japanese studio. Um, and I think this is a sign of the times that I think more Japanese companies are, are starting to get on board, especially Sega in particular, because um, we're not only getting this, but also the Yakuza games, which have never appeared on Xbox uh, this summer. Um, so I think that we're going to start seeing more stuff from Sega uh, in the new future. And I think Fantasy Star Online 2 is just the beginning of that. So next up, I'm going to talk a little bit about DC Universe Online. Um, it's an MMO that I'm not super familiar with. So again, this conversation probably won't be too short. The main reason why is that uh, I have played DC Universe Online before, but I'm not really into superheroes. I like superhero stuff, but I'm not. That's not something that's super appealing to me, and especially just DC in particular, because um, I like some of the DC movies. But for the most part, I'm not really in super into the DC characters at all. And that's just my personal preference. Uh, if Because if you're into DC, this is definitely the game for you because a lot of MMOs come and go. Um, but this is one of the licensed ones that has definitely stuck around for a long time um, because the game came out on January 11th, 2011, and it eventually came to Xbox on April 29th, 2016. However, the Xbox version does not include crossplay, so you are only playing with other Xbox console owners, um, that, whereas the PS4 version and the PC version crossplay with each other, which is just, it's so bizarre that in 2020 that we haven't had uh, that basically change at all. Um, that it's basically stayed the same before. So the game is free to play. If you've never played it before, uh, you can certainly try it out. It is free to play. Um, however, 
there are a ton of additional episodes that uh, the team uh, making the game has actually brought out for the game uh, that take place after kind of the main story takes place that requires either an online, uh, like a, either a monthly subscription, I think it's $15 a month US, or you can purchase them individually for a small fee from the in-game store. So there's a, a in-game store in DC Universe Online um, that also sells cosmetics and other other goodies, uh, including the these episodes. So uh, it's good to see that the team has been adding to the, the game like this. But for the most part, if you want to play beyond the main story, which I think someone's told me that it takes about, let's say, 20 to 30 hours to get through. Um, you have to start basically paying the monthly subscription or um, paying per individual episode. And I think there's 32 episodes. So there's a ton of content there, but uh, it's not all included with, with the base price, but obviously you're not paying a base price. It's free to play. Um, and that's kind of a model we see a lot with free to play MMOs. Um, so DC Universe Online, for those that haven't played it, um, first of all, it's very DC oriented. You uh, create a character, create, basically you create your own superhero and basically they could be mentored under one of the heroes or villains in the DC universe. So for example, you can have, you can have ben, Batman mentor you and you get certain abilities based on whatever superhero or supervillain basically is your mentor. So for example, I think uh, Batman gives you a whole bunch of technological skills, whereas uh, Superman gives you different abilities. So you kind of, choose that along to kind of complement whatever your hero's uh, skill set is because you can basically assign your creative hero different powers you can have control over different elements or you can basically make them more like a, a technological hero kind of like batman where you mostly rely on gadgets um, there's all kinds of customization here which i think is probably one of the coolest elements of that game like if you've ever wanted to make your own superhero and then fly around this cool open world DC Universe Online, again, is probably the game for you because, uh, again, that's it, it'd be super cool to have your own superhero kind of do its own thing. Again, I know huge, huge fan of the game. Greg Miller does this. We're, we're, uh, he's a huge fan of DC Universe Online. It's basically a huge champion for that game. So, uh, again, if you like superheroes, this is probably the game for you. Um, however, the it's less of an action RPG like Fantasy Star or the other MMOs we're going to talk about in a bit and more of that slower, grindier World of Warcraft style game where basically your character will auto attack and then you initiate commands uh, with basically your different abilities whenever you want to use them. That's that's basically how the game works. Um, so again, uh, that's not appealing to everybody, but at the same time, if you're into this thing, I mean, you're probably going to go on board and the game receives a ton of updates as well and has a still really active community as well even on xbox um so if you're looking for people to play with obviously there's no shortage of people even though that you don't have that cross play um if you've got some friends that have xbox um there's lots of other people to meet up with as well and there's a lot of in-game end game content with this game as well there's a lot of raids um and other activities you can do i can't remember what they're called in this they're not called raids but they're they're similar where you have a bunch of uh characters together and you basically go out and do stuff um as far as if it's if you should start with this mmo again if you're into superheroes yes but if you're not into superheroes i would probably stick with one of the other ones we're going to talk about in a bit so, and likewise, Fantasy Star Online, I didn't give my beginner recommendation for that. Uh, I would say the, the the same thing where it can be a bit clunky, especially for newer people to the MMO genre or people who aren't really used to um, like uh, slower style games. Uh, yes, Fantasy Star Online 2 is not a slow game, but you it's not very good at explaining itself either. Um, and if you're not used to MMOs, it can be a little daunting. Um, so I would say it's probably not the best place to start for MMOs. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give my recommendation and where to, the definite place where I think you should start later in this episode. So next on the list, we've got Terra, which really originally released on PC in January 25th of 2011 and it launched on Xbox on April 3rd, 2018. It's not cross-play with any other platforms because it, it came, came to pretty much everything. Um, Terra is more of a traditional fantasy role-playing game where you basically uh, have a lot of the same things uh, in other MMOs. You have dungeons and other quests you can go on. Um, and it is very similar to, it's more of a traditional MMO um, mixed with more action elements, uh, action RPG elements. So uh, for the, for example, uh, all of your commands are basically action-based. You're not doing auto attacks or anything like that. 
Um, you're, you're basically initiating everything in real time in this game, much like you would any other action RPG. Um, the downside though, is you have a lot of cooldown management with this game and you have a lot of skills to kind of manage. So again, it, it can be a little daunting for new players as well. Um, it's been out for a little while, um, again, in 2011, long time ago, and we haven't really seen too many changes to the UI since then. Um, the, when the console versions came, uh, they basically mapped the controls in a kind of a weird way almost where you almost have to uh, change your different abilities by either by holding down the left bumper and basically you uh, switch between two like sets of, of button layouts, essentially. And you can kind of configure them however you want. But again, they're kind of small to see on the screen. And uh, unless you do a lot of reading in the submenus and stuff, again, it can be kind of confusing. So um, I don't know if it has the most intuitive controls. Um, but at the same time, it's also a lot of fun because, again, it, it plays more like a standard action RPG. And it's a, it a little bit less clunky than something like Fantasy Star Online is. Um, so definitely, I think it is probably a better fit for beginners. But at the same time as well, um, the localization for Terra is, well, it's not amazing. It's okay. It's, 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 but, uh, the story can be a bit hard to follow. Um, you also have weird, oddly enough, when it, when you'll talk to characters and they'll like teleport in and out of scenes, um, after basically they'll teleport in, say like one or two lines and then immediately teleport out of the scene rather than naturally walking away. So again, it can be kind of, uh, jarring to, to follow the story in, in Terra, um, and I mean, from what I've played of Terra, cause I've played about, I don't know, I would say about probably 30 or 40 hours of Terra. Honestly, the story isn't super compelling with Terra as well. So again, I wouldn't come in, come in, uh, looking for story. Um, likewise the end game stuff too, I'm not a huge fan of. There's a lot of group activities that you can go do and then you can go do, uh, dungeons as I mentioned. Um, but for the most part, I do find that a lot of it isn't super engaging or I wasn't really, there wasn't nothing that was kind of like trying to keep me in the game as well. Um, one thing I do like about Terra though, is you have a lot of variety in character classes though. Again, it is more of a traditional, uh, fantasy style MMO. Um, and you have a lot of traditional fantasy, uh, classes to choose from, but you have a lot of unique ones as well. Um, also the races are really unique and interesting. You've got you pandas talking pandas. You've got, um, just really big, like lizard-like creatures. You've got, uh, basically, uh, like demi-humans that are, are almost like demon-human hybrids. Um, you've got elves and humans, like all the traditional fantasy stuff, uh, which is pretty cool. So I, I like a lot of that stuff. Um, unlike fantasy star though, you have, to, you basically have one character class assigned per character. You can't switch a mid game. So obviously if you want to say roll, a character with a different skill set, you are going to have to basically make a new character for that, which is a bit of a bummer coming off both Fantasy Star and one of the later games that I'm going to talk about in a bit. Um, but at the same time, a lot of all the classes have a, a, a set role for the most part. So you kind of know based on the description of each class, what you're in for. For example, they, there's a, a priest class, which is very much a healer. And if you want to heal people, in like wh whether you're in the open environment or if you want to hear heal yourself to stay alive, it, it's very plainly laid out so that you know what you're getting into before you even create your character, which is nice because a lot of times a lot of MMOs aren't very good about describing the different roles. And for those who haven't played too many MMOs, basically in most MMOs, there's three set roles that any character class is going to take on. You've got your tanks, which basically are their role is to attract all the enemies to attack them and them only. And then you've got the healers or support who are basically there to keep the tank alive, essentially, or the other party members if they get attacked. And then, of course, you've got your DPS or damage per second characters, which are basically your main damage dealers. So things like rogues, ar uh, archers, you know, uh, fighters, all those traditional uh, fighting roles or even uh, spellcasters as well kind of fit in that role. Um, and, and a lot of MMOs also have, uh, subsets of damage per second. You've got, uh, range DPS, um, or melee. So melee, of course, you're just up, up close and personal punching stuff in the face or range DPS. You're kind of sitting back, staying away far, as far away from the enemy as you possibly can get. Um, and it's, it basically caters to two different play styles. Um, and there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, so Terra itself, it is free to play 
which is nice. So if you if you are interested in the game, you can certainly try it out. However, this game in particular has a ton of microtransactions, including cosmetics, things that greatly speed your progress, all kinds of crazy stuff that you can buy from what's called uh, uh, from the in-game store. Um, there's also a monthly subscription service called Elite Status that also gives you a ton of bonuses, including ex- increased XP and gold. Um, any updates to the game anyone gets. So that is kind of nice that there isn't really like paid DLC for the game or anything like that. But the downside that comes along with that is, again, you basically get nickel- nickel and dimed on all the microtransaction stuff. And everyone I've talked to who plays Terra says you have to basically get elite status to play the game. It's not a requirement, but you probably should kind of thing. So uh, that's one thing to certainly consider if you're going to pick up Terra uh, and try it out. But again, um, kind of like uh, DC or Universe Online or Fantasy Star, I would say probably not a great place to start with as a beginner, but probably better than the other two options I just mentioned. So next up, Black Desert. Oh boy. So this one actually came out on PC on March 3rd, 2016. So it's actually a fairly recent game. It's actually probably the the, the most recent release of all the games on this list, actually. Um, and it actually came to Xbox One last year on March 4th. So uh, it's actually really new to Xbox as well. It hasn't even been out on Xbox for a year yet, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but it is not cross-play. So keep that in mind. Um, again, Black Desert now is basically released on everything uh, except Nintendo Switch. So, But none of the other versions can really play with each other, unfortunately. So you are kind of locked into the Xbox ecosystem. But one thing that's nice about Black Desert is that it's included in Game Pass. So the game itself is not free to play. Basically, the costs range between $29.99 for the base game to $99.99 for like the super deluxe version. Um, those prices, of course, are in US dollars and they basically just depend on what version you want to get. But you can play the game, the base game for free in Game Pass, which is really cool. So there's actually quite a large player base on Xbox, especially for that reason. Like basically anyone who has a Game Pass subscription I mean, you need the Xbox, you need Xbox Live Gold just to play this game anyways. So uh, if you're going to go that far, you may as well pick up Game Pass, in which case it includes this game. Uh, So there are a ton of people on Xbox playing Black Desert, and it's actually a game that's very similar to Terra. It basically is also a traditional fantasy style MMORPG similar to Terra, Um, and you have a lot of similarities even with the, the different classes and races. They're all kind of similar to each other. Um, even the combat between the two games is also very similar as well. It is more of an action RPG. Um, again, no auto attacks or anything like that. You basically have all of your attacks basically mapped to uh, the button layout of, on your controller. And I do think it's a lot less confusing to look at than Terra for sure. Um, especially the button layout is just, I don't know, it just feels so much e- cooler to, to control your character in this game because basically you you cycle through sub-menus uh, by either holding down uh, some of the triggers, um, which is actually works out a lot better than you might think. Anyways, um, the, the game itself, though, again, not free to play, though. Um, but the thing is, if it wasn't free to play, you know, you might expect that there would be less microtransactions. But in fact, there is a ton of microtransactions as well. Not It's not as egregious as Terra is or some other free to play MMOs or just free to play games in general. But you do have cosmetics. Um, you also have experience boosters and a bunch of Id- other items. There is also a subscription service for this game as well. So if you want to pay a monthly fee, it gives you extra bag space and other items, and as well as, I think, an, a permanent XP boost as long as you're basically subscribed. They're all Basically, all the content planned for this game, though, is included with the base price for the game. So you don't need to go out and buy any DLC or anything like that, which is cool, but they don't really add content all that often i think it's like once every like four or five months or something it's really far apart from each other so you don't get new content all the time um but this doesn't of course rule out the idea of them doing expansions in the future there is the possibility of that still happening the the developer just they haven't they've said they haven't ruled that out but at the same time we don't have any information on that so uh for the most part i think you're probably safe uh just buying the base game will give you a ton of content and there is a ton of content to see in the base game but I think kind of like Terra, it kind of runs into the same problem with Endgame as well, where I think once you get to the Endgame, 
I wasn't too enthralled with it. Like there, again, there wasn't enough of a carrot on the stick to kind of keep me around. Um, or that you just weren't receiving new content enough to, you basically burn through everything too quickly, I think, or at least that was the problem I was running into with black desert. Um, but one of the cool things about black desert as well is it's the character customization. It has one of like, probably one of the most character, like detailed character creators I've ever seen in a video game. Um, again, it, you could, you could just spend hours just playing with the character creator in this game. Cause you can make so many unique combinations of characters and it's super detailed and it, it, all the characters look super awesome. Like they use this uh, really cool engine for the characters. Um, like the character models themselves are super detailed. So um, that's one of the, the great things about black, black desert. And I know it's also from, from uh personal experience. I know that it's good for beginners as well. Uh, I told this, uh, on the, the episode of the Xbox drive that released recently that my older brother, Kyle, he's was never really into MMOs. He'd, he'd tried them. He'd dabble a bit, but he could never get into them until he played black desert, in which case he could not put this game down. He's now kind of moved on to other MMOs. Cause again, it ha- kind of has that problem where once you get to the end game, there's not a lot to do. Um, so he is playing other MMOs now, but that was like his gateway into MMOs with Black Desert. So I do think that if you're going to try any of these, it's probably one of the two best options to jump into. Um, if you're looking to jump into an MMO for the first time, then again, the other one I'll talk about in a little bit. But Black Desert, I think it's a solid game overall. Um, it does have its flaws. Again, the localization for this also isn't that great as well. Um, it it kind of it did originate in uh, Korea as well, uh, as, as Terra did. So it's localization isn't the best. And again, it's story isn't great. It's okay. Um, but once you get past that though, the combat's really satisfying and cool and the character classes are pretty unique and, and interesting to play with. Um, but again, you, you do run into the same problem where you're going to have to run multiple characters, uh, to ha- basically have a bunch of different roles. So if you want to try out everything, um, but black desert, I think it's a great place to start. Uh, And if you're just getting to MMOs, it's probably one of the best places and certainly the best place currently on Xbox to start with. Again, there's another one we'll talk about in a bit. All right. Next up, the Elder Scrolls Online. Now, this is probably the MMO that is least like an MMO out of all the options on this list. Uh, It is very much an Elder Scrolls game. I mean, it's not exactly the same, of course. Um, You do have some of the MMO tropes in uh, Elder Scrolls Online. But for the most part, it's very different from a lot of traditional MMOs. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty unique and interesting. So it launched on PC on April 4th, 2014, and it came to Xbox One on June 9th, 2015. So about a year later, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online, of course, not free to play. You do have to buy the base game, which if you want to buy the newest version with everything, it basically is full as a full price game uh, if you want to do that. If you want to buy just the base version, though, uh, it's 20 bucks or a lot of times the physical version is usually pretty cheap. You can go down that road. However, it's also included in Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you already have access to the base game of Elder Scrolls Online. Um, all of the expansion packs, though, are basically on top of that. So basically about every year or two, they and, and they kind of have this weird release schedule where it just... It's not always exactly two, every two years or not exactly every year, um, but it's just whenever they decide to, to release them. They release a new expansion for the game. And basically the way the expansions work is that you basically either have to purchase them as a full game, uh, basically a full price game, if you want to basically buy them with all the previous expansions and the, the base Elder Scrolls Online. You can also purchase an upgrade for the expansion. Um, and each expansion's upgrade fee at launch is generally about 50 to 60 bucks us, which is a lot of money. Uh, it's really only like $10 less than the full, than buying the bundle that includes everything. So at that point, if you're going to, the only reason to pay just the upgrade fee is if you just want, if you already own the rest of the stuff, uh, obviously there's no reason to buy the bundle, over and over again, obviously, once you've bought the bundle once, you should only buy it once, whereas the upgrades are pretty pricey, um, but at the same time, they're slightly less than the full game. So there's that. Um, but each expansion basically is uh, siloed off from everything else. So what that basically means is um, an example being in comparison to something like World of Warcraft, with each new expansion of World of Warcraft, you have to basically buy all of the previous expansions to play the new one. Versus Elder Scrolls Online, where 
you can buy just the the Morrowind expansion pack if you want to, and you don't have to buy the other ones. Or likewise, the Elsewhere one that's been out for a while, um, you can just buy that, and you don't have to buy the Morrowind expansion, which came before it, to play that. Um, so th- it's kind of cool how they have it work, where you kind of just pick and choose what content you want, um, which is an appealing system, but at the same time, I don't know uh, how... how uh, much of a proposition, how, uh, how much you really want to do that because at the same time, you kind of want everything, I guess, because you don't get a, a ton of other content drops outside of those main expansions. There are DLC, paid DLC, mind you, expansions that come out that are basically just uh, DLC quest lines that you can obtain, but you have to pay for all of them. So you have to pay for them individually on top of the expansions. It de- Unlike other MMOs, when Elder Scrolls Online receives an update, you get you get stuff like bug fixes or character balancing or anything like that for free. But as far as adding additional content, you have to always pay for everything. There is a scrip- subscription fee, though, uh, in the in-game store that does include all the DLC packs, including any ones that get added as you pay your subscription fee. So there is that option available to you if you want to basically have everything essentially. Um, but that deal, that subscription fee does not include the expansion packs. So you have to buy those separately. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole rigmarole. On top of that, there's also a, a crown store, which is basically the end game store that uses the currency crowns that allow you to buy cosmetics, the DLC packs that I mentioned, because you can't buy them on the main Xbox marketplace. You have to buy them on the end game shop in the crown store with crowns, which then you have to buy outside of the game in the Xbox marketplace. It's a whole thing. So, you know, that it, that's how it goes. But one of the things I like about Elder Scrolls Online, though, is that, again, it pretty much plays like a standard Elder Scrolls game. So if you like the Elder Scrolls games, you'll probably like Elder Scrolls Online. It is a more clunky version of those games, though. Um, you do have a lot of cooldown management where basically you'll use an ability and have to wait a certain period of time before you can use it again. Um, and I mean, that's just standard for most MMOs, but at the same time, you, you do all, you swing with your sword or all of your main attacks, just like you would in Elder Scrolls or likewise magic works the same way in this game as it does in all of the previous Elder Scrolls games. So, uh, you likewise, you can freely explore the entire environment and, the level sinks to your character. So unlike all the MMOs I just talked about, where each piece of the environment, basically it has a specific level associated with it. Uh, this game is completely open world. You can kind of go anywhere and do anything and it doesn't matter what level your character is. You can even jump into the newest expansions content at level one. If you want to basically, once you get out of the starting area, you can go and do whatever you want in this game because they wanted to make it feel like an Elder Scrolls game. And it wasn't always like that when the game launched. It was more that traditional MMO style where you have to go down a specific path. But the main piece of feedback they got from players was that they wanted to be able to explore just like other Elder Scrolls games. And and Bethesda was super cool about uh, giving players the ability to do that. So I think that for the, for the most part, it's a really solid game if you like Elder Scrolls and and definitely if you haven't ever tried the Elder Scrolls online and you like Bethesda's uh, Elder Scrolls games, you should definitely try it at least. And again, it's part of Game Pass, so it's pretty accessible. And again, there's a really large community behind Elder Scrolls. They're super passionate. There's always a ton of people to play with. Um, so de- definitely out of all these communities that I've uh, of the MMOs I, I talked about here, it's probably the most vibrant community out of any of them and probably the most played. There, there are still a ton of people playing this game. Um, and again, you can probably find, even, even for some of the earlier quests um, from the base game, you can still always find someone to play with, uh, which is totally awesome as well. Um, and there are dungeons and a lot of in-game content as well, but same with Black Desert or Terra. It, this game is also kind of lacking in the post-game stuff, where basically once you finish the story, you're kind of just waiting. For, you can either run the dungeons that you've done before over and over again, or you're kind of just waiting for Bethesda to come out with new content at that point. So a lot of times you're you're just going to take a break from the game and just come back whenever whenever Bethesda adds something new, essentially. So and they do add stuff pretty regularly, but again, if you're not paying that that subscription fee. You are basically buying all that stuff a la carte. It's not included with the, the the base game or anything like that. Unlike something like Guild Wars, where they include like Guild Wars 2 on PC, they include all that stuff 
with the purchase of the game. You don't have to purchase anything else beyond that if you don't want to, um, which is very unique to that game because World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV or other games have that subscription fee and that's what pays for all that content to come in. Um, and that's kind of what they're doing here where you can you can basically pay a subscription fee. It gives you uh, other in-game purchases well besides that extra content. Uh, but it is something to keep in mind if you are interested in going down the rabbit hole that is Elder Scrolls Online. You get a ton of content with the base game too. So honestly, you could probably play this game for 60 to 80 hours and not even touch the the other expansions or DLC if you wanted to. It, just keep in mind that when you get to that point, you're basically need going to need to pay for new content at that point if you want to get more of it. So uh, that is something to take with a grain of salt. That's why I also think it's not a great game for beginners, not because it's not user-friendly at all. In fact, I think it's actually more user-friendly than, again, the other games on this list. Um, but it's very different from an MMO, and it doesn't really feel like an MMO. So if you're someone who wants to get oh, into the world of MMOs, this probably isn't the game to do that. Although you never know, you might get sucked in and, and it might have you try like causes you to try something like black desert for example or terra or something else but uh definitely if you like elder scrolls though honestly this is the game for you like uh this is part of the reason why elder scrolls 6 doesn't feel like it's so far like it, it doesn't need to come right away i think anyways because you have this that is basically a constantly updating version of elder scrolls which is pretty cool now the last game on this list that i want to talk about Final Fantasy 14, a realm reborn slash heavens ward slash Stormblood slash Shadowbringers. Those are all the expansions. Here's the thing. This game is not available on Xbox yet, but it will be this year or at some point. They haven't confirmed this year. Uh, I mentioned on our predictions episode for this year, though, I'm actually pretty sure that when uh, Xbox Series X and PS5 come out, um, that they're going to basically launch an updated version of the game for both platforms when those consoles come out. And uh, it's, I mean, it's possible we might see a version of this come to Xbox one before that happens, but I'm pretty sure it's, this is going to be a launch title. I'm, I'm fairly certain of it. You know, you, that's my lock of the week, my, my shoe in of the week, essentially, where I, I definitely think it will probably be a launch title for Xbox series X, which would be totally awesome because final fantasy 14 is the MMO I've played the most on this list. It's not the most, the MMO I've played the most long in in real time because the most the mmo i played the most is world of warcraft uh, i have the last time i checked my in-game timer on world of warcraft it was well over god like well over a hundred thousand hours in world of warcraft like it's essentially if you could do the conversion it's over a year of my life i've played world of warcraft so it's pretty crazy but final fantasy 14 is starting to get there it's definitely the game i played the most basically this generation of consoles um i i mostly play on pc but it's available on PS4 as well. So the game originally launched on August 27th, 2013. Now it did launch just as Final Fantasy 14 before this, but mostly we're just concerning ourselves with a realm reborn because you can't go back to the original Final Fantasy 14, which is terrible. You don't want to go back to it. That was the whole reason. Basically, they restarted the game over again, kind of very similar to something like what's happening with Anthem right now, where basically the game was so poorly received that Square Enix decided to just scrap the whole thing and start the game over. In fact, the in-game lore is that Bahamut blows up the world and basically you have to start everything from scratch, essentially. And, and they build it into the story, which is super cool. Um, but we do have confirmation, though, that when the game will come out, it will be cross-play with PS4 and PC or whatever consoles it's on at that time. Like I said, it'll probably be on PS5 at that time as well or Xbox Series X. So all that stuff is going to play together. I mean, uh, series director uh, Yoshi P um, basically made it a huge point where if this game ever came to Xbox, it has to interconnect with all the other versions. Likewise, if you already have a pre an account with the game, you should be able to just log into the Xbox version once you purchase the game on Xbox and just log in and start playing right away with your same characters and everything intact. And likewise, everything has to be interconnected because they basically connect, interconnect the games together in such a way where it would be very difficult to separate them. So that's why there's the huge push from Square Enix to make this game crossplay. And it sounds like it's going to be a reality, which is going to be totally awesome. So for someone like me who's been playing the game forever, you know, this is going to be so cool to be able to jump into my characters on Xbox and basically continue my adventures there. I mean, it'll be my my permanent platform for Final Fantasy 14 when it does come, which is totally sweet. So a couple of facts about Final Fantasy 14. The game itself is not free to play. You do have to purchase the game for full price upon purchase. Um, it basically the full price version of the game basically includes 
all of the previous expansions and the base game. So it's basically one price and then you have everything. They launch expansions every two years over the summer. So there isn't going to be a new expansion this year, but there will be a new expansion next summer, essentially. And and you can buy basically the expansion on its own for a specific price. It's usually, it's usually $20 less than the, the price of a full price game. Essentially you pay for the upgrade, very similar to what I discussed with elder scrolls online. Likewise, there is a monthly subscription fee that is required for this game. It is $14.99 us dollars, but it does include all content added to the game and it gets updates basically every month. There's new content all the time for this game. And whenever they drop new content, it's like a giant batch of new content that will take you like 20 to 40 hours to do. So there is a ton to do in Final Fantasy 14. That's without all the end game stuff that they add. They add all kinds of new story quests, um, all kinds of new uh, features and other things, new bosses, new raids, new dungeons, and all of that is included in your subscription fee. And even if you uh, stop your subscription fee and then come back later, uh, whenever there's new content, that is a good way to do it. Although you can save a little bit of money if you do uh, more of a yearly subscription as well. So there is also lots of different options for that. There is an in-game store for this game as well, but it is cosmetics only. There are no ex- uh, experience boosters or pay to win gimmicks or literally anything of that kind. Um, it's one of the, the best games out there for that. Where basically you're buying the full price game and you have your subscription. So everything else is cosmetic and, and you don't have to pay, buy any of that stuff if you don't want to. One of the other cool things that they do with cosmetics as well, which is really interesting is they do something called veteran rewards. Now what happens with veteran rewards is depending on how long you stay subscribed, basically um, d- depending on how long you are, it, they basically reward you with in-game cosmetics that allow you to dress as other Final Fantasy characters from other games, which is totally cool. You can kind of dress your character up like Cloud or Squall or Zidane. Uh, there's all kinds of really interesting, uh, basically, in-game uh, cosmetic stuff. You can also earn a lot, some of that stuff by just by doing special events are around certain games. So for example, when lightning returns came out on, on Xbox 360, they did a lightning returns event where you would go do a specific quest and you could get cosmetic gear to make your character look like lightning. If you wanted to look like lightning in final fantasy 14. So they do all kinds of stuff like that all the time. And again, all that stuff's included in your subscription. You don't have to pay for it beyond that, which is kind of cool. Uh, what else is, is cool as well is that we don't know if this game is coming to Game Pass, but there is a free trial for the game on either PC or PS4, depending on what system you want to try it out on. And this will extend to the Xbox version when it comes out. Uh, if you go to freetrial.finalfantasy14.com, um, basically you can sign up for the free trial, which allows you to play the game up to level 35, which is about 40 hours of content. So it's a lot of content you can play through and you aren't like, your character isn't held back. You don't, earn like decreased experience or anything like that so it's super cool a great way to basically test out if this game's for you before number one plunking down all the money for to buy the base game but then also um it gives you a chance to basically uh try it out get to the level 35 and then decide if you want to go on from there and the best part is you can just sign up from there and you just keep playing with the character you've already been playing with um so you can go from there also similar to our talk about fantasy star online your main character in this game can basically learn any of the other professions or jobs, which are the, the character classes on the same character. So you don't have to switch between characters or anything like that. You can basically have one character that you really grow attached to um, that can be all of the different roles if you want to. And that plays into the game's story because one of the best things about Final Fantasy 14 that a lot of people don't know who haven't tried it is the story is incredible for Final Fantasy 14. It, the, the way it paces its story, it, it's really well done. The way it tells the story is really interesting. Again, you had a lot, a, a mix of full voice acting and a lot of dialogue reading um, at, in the base game anyways. In all the expansions though, they do have full voice acting for everything. So um, for the most part, that is just up until you get to level 50. So the story itself is super cool. The way they work the story into the dungeons and all of the the, the raid bosses, which are called trials in this, um, that are a lot of the, the classic Final Fantasy summons. You basically have to fight them. Uh, they're kind of like the main bad guys in this game. Um, all that the the way that all that stuff works into the story is really cool. So if you want to play an MMO for the story, this is Final Fantasy fourteen is the game for you, especially if you like Final Fantasy at all like this is probably the game you should be playing um i've been playing final fantasy games forever 
And my first MMO I ever played was Final Fantasy XI. Um, that's so much I love the series, um, which, again, I didn't really... I like the story in Final Fantasy XI, but I didn't really grow attached to it the same way as this game. There's a lot of really interesting characters in fourteen that you really get attached to. And again, your main character, um, you're really playing as the same character all the way through. Um, and there, and you really get to know that character and it, the way that they work you into the story is really cool and interesting. So I'm, I'm really thankful for Final Fantasy fourteen because it's very different from a lot of MMOs because the main reason to be there is for the story. There is a lot of great end game content as well. So if you like doing like basically spending hours and hours and hours doing end game stuff and going up that grind, there's a ton for you to do in this game as well. There's a ton of different raids. They do what are called extreme primals, which uh, basically you fight the instance uh, summons again, but they're more powerful. They do crossovers with different games. So they, they do, they're doing a crossover this expansion, uh, the Shadowbringers expansion with Nier Automata. So there's a bunch of Nier Automata uh, raids that are going on, um, and they're kind of adding them as they go. And uh, and Stormblood, which was the last expansion, they did a crossover with uh, Final Fantasy XII, where you got to go to Ivalis, which is the, the region from that game, which is also the same place that Final Fantasy Tactics takes place in. And you meet some of the characters inter and interact with them from those games as well. Like uh, you interact with 2B and 9S in the New York expansions or uh, some of the Final Fantasy Tactics characters, which is really, really cool. And I like how they worked all that stuff in. So definitely out of all these games I talked about, though, if you are new to MMOs at all, Final Fantasy XIV is the best one to start with. I mean, hands down, it is. The pro only problem, of course, right now is it's not on Xbox yet. It will be, though. So, I mean, for the most part, if you wait to start your MMO journey once Final Fantasy XIV comes out, um, honestly, I think it's probably the best place for any newcomer to start for MMOs. It's the one re MMO I always recommend to everyone um, who's not in MMOs. The other being World of Warcraft. I think those are the two most user-friendly ones and uh, the easiest for new players to kind of get into. Um, but yeah, if, if you want, so the, it's basically to put a pin in this conversation and kind of uh, wrap everything up. I would say if you are a new player looking to start uh, uh, your MMO journey, and you only have Xbox right now and you want it to, to begin it now, again, Black Desert, probably your best bet. Honestly, if you want to want to jump into an MMO right now, that is more of a traditional style MMO. Um, and if you don't mind the fact that it's fantasy, uh, traditional fantasy, then Black Desert, I think it's probably the best way to go. Elder Scrolls Online, again, is a good contender. Um, but again, that's more of just more of a traditional Elder Scrolls experience. So I think it's for a very different audience than uh, traditional MMOs. So otherwise, if you are willing to wait, or again, if you have a PC powerful enough to play Final Fantasy XIV, honestly, if you've never played Final Fantasy XIV before, I urge you to check out the free trial um, and then you can carry the character over to Xbox when it comes out on Xbox. Um, so I think that's probably my most recommended path to go if you want to get into MMOs. And likewise, if you haven't ever tried any of these out, of course, um, I pretty much recommend all of these to, to just about anyone who likes MMOs. Obviously, DC Universe Online, hard to get into if you don't like superheroes. And Terra, I would say, is probably the weakest of the bunch. Um, but all these ha have different things for different audiences that you're going to really like. So uh, ultimately, I think that there's, there's going to be an MMO out there for you dear listener, whoever is listening to this and let's wrap everything up. So of course you can find me on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. That's T U R F O R D. Cause everybody always asks. And you can also reach out to us anytime on Twitter at the Xbox drive. That is our official Twitter account as well. And likewise, if you have any MMO questions or if you're just starting out and you want to know more information, just hit me up on Twitter. Just ask me. And I'm more than willing to, to work with anyone who wants to uh, learn more about MMOs or if you're just starting out and you need some some guidance or some pointers, I mean, I'm always happy to talk to you about that stuff. So uh, you can definitely reach out to me as well. I'm just not super responsive on social media all the time. So keep that in mind. But uh, again, I would love to field y'all's questions if you have any for me. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Extra Mile. I'm Ryan Turford, and we out. Bye.